Welcome to Wings Way, a podcast looking back at the history of the Kalamazoo Wings. I'm voice of the K-Wings, Isaac Berkey, and throughout the course of this season, we're going to hear a lot of great stories and get a behind-the-scenes look from those players and coaches who lived it over the last 44 seasons. Back on this edition, joined by former K-Wing goaltender George Gagneau. Georgie, really appreciate you giving us some time to talk this morning. Well, it's my pleasure, Isaac. Uh, you know, you guys are doing so much for me and the alumni guys coming into town next weekend. This is the least I can do for you. So you mentioned that we'll get to kind of what's going on this weekend or this coming weekend here in a few. But we want to start with your playing career, your time here as a K-Wing. You played junior hockey in Oshawa. You come to Kalamazoo. You went to camp with the Red Wings, right? Yes, I was in uh, Adirondack. Neil Meadmore and I were both there. That's where we first met, uh, that October of 1979. So how? what was the process for you going from Oshawa to kind of the Red Wings system in Adirondack and then eventually Kalamazoo? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Isaac, because uh, that year was the year the WHA folded. So there were uh, a ton of guys available to play in the NHL that uh, were being uh, well sought after. So for me, coming out of junior, uh, there wasn't as many draft rounds that year. So it made it tough for me. I didn't get drafted out of junior. So I made some calls to uh, some guys I knew that were within the, within the NHL teams. One of them happened to be Jimmy Skinner, who was the general manager of the Red Wings at the time. I had known uh, Jimmy through my days of playing with the Windsor Spitfires uh, before Oshawa. Um, so he said to me, he said, George, uh, I'll, I'll have you to camp in Glens Falls, New York. But he says, you got to pay your own way. He says, we'll put you up in a hotel with the rest of the players. If you do well enough, he says, we'll reimburse you for your expenses. So I, I drove to Glens Falls, New York by myself from Oshawa. Um, had a great training camp. They ended up reimbursing me. They sent me to Kalamazoo. Um, ironically, I came here to Kalamazoo, and uh, I didn't have any goalie pads with me because uh, when I came out of junior, they didn't give me my pads to keep with me. So when I was in Glens Falls, I had to borrow goalie pads. What a nightmare that was. I get here. I've got no goalie pads still. So I call up the, the trainer of the Windsor Spitfires that I played my first year junior with, and I said, uh, I said, Wally, I need some goalie pads to borrow, man, and I need them tomorrow. <laughs> so he says, I got some you can use. So uh, you know, I, I drove to Windsor, got the pads, came back, uh, had a, a good camp, a great enough camp that they kept me here. Um, and then after uh, they, they ordered some new pads for me, then I had to ship the old pads back to the, the Spitfires. So uh, a, a real interesting uh, turn of events that happened that, uh, that hectic October for, you know, how I got here to begin with. That kind of, that had to add a little bit of extra, extra pressure or stress to it, not even getting to play with pads you were used to for those first two camps, right? Well, you know, you play with what you're dealt with, and uh, it, it's a far cry from the, the first pair of goalie pads I got as a you know, 10-year-old uh, for a Christmas present. There were hand-me-downs that were straight-legged goalie pads, uh, three straps to them. Uh, you, you make the best of what you have. When did you mentioned you got those pads as a kid? When did you kind of decide that goalie was the route you wanted to go? Well, I, I always enjoyed playing out. You know, growing up uh, at four years old, we had a nice rink in our side yard. 
And uh, you know, my mom put uh, a pillow around my butt and said, hey, go out and skate with your brothers, and if you fall, get back up and keep skating. So I always enjoyed playing out. About seven years old, uh, as I was playing out in uh, in minor hockey, we were now playing, my brothers and I, across the street in a, another ice pad because they had uh, sold our side yard. And being the youngest of all my brothers, they gave me a baseball glove, said, here, you stand in the goal, and if the puck goes off the ice, put it in front of your face. Lo and behold, the first shot hits me right underneath the nose. I'm bleeding like a stuffed pig. I, I've got my brother carrying me across the street to the house. I go in, I get three stitches. So my first experience as a, as a goalie wasn't a pleasant one. <laughs> But even today, that's one of the reasons why I, I wear a mustache all the time is to cover that scar. Fair enough. So what would, what did you know about Kalamazoo? What was your thoughts about the, the IHL when you were sent here? Uh, really, I knew nothing about it at all, Isaac. Uh, you know, I, I just sort of took every level as I played uh, with the, the uh, thought of, hey, I'm going to make it to the NHL at some point in time, not realizing, oh, gee, I might have a stopgap uh, uh, you know, visit somewhere. Interestingly enough, uh, coming to Kalamazoo, and, and I didn't realize it till probably three years after I was here, I had come to, uh, to, to play with uh, St. Clair College. Uh, my two brothers played for them out of Windsor. And they had come here to play a game against Western Michigan University back when I was about 16. And one of their goalies had a uh, an exam that he could miss. So I happened to be home. They called me up, and uh, they said, you need to get in the car, bring your stuff, and drive here. We're going to uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan to play an exhibition game. So I I made the trip here. I, they, they threw me in for a half a game. Uh, I couldn't play under my name. I played under the other goalie's <laughs> name. Um, but it was three years before I realized that from, from going to Lawson Ice Arena with some of the practices that we had to do as the K-Wings, um, that I, I, it dawned on me that I'd been here before. What was that first year like for you as a pro coming in as, you know, coming into not only a league that, you know, guys have said it was kind of a rougher, older league at that time, but coming into that league, but also trying to adjust to kind of life off the ice as a pro living on your own. It was it was a tough transition, uh, not only for you know I had been living on my own a couple of years or sort of on my own in uh, in Oshawa, um, but coming here uh, the toughest thing was not being the number one goalie you know for the first time in my life really, uh, so you know having to uh, to take a backseat to Larry Lisinski who had already put in his year of of really going through what I was going to go through which was. You know, you you learn, you you take it all in. You, um, you you're there for spelling the regular goalie. You know, maybe once every five or six games. Uh, that was tough to take. And and at some point during the year, I I'd actually talked to Doug McKay, the coach and general manager, and said, Doug, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I I'm thinking of maybe going back to junior, playing an overage year. Um, you know, help me with what do you think I, I should do? And, you know, he, he just told me, he said, George, you're you're not going to play a whole lot. He says, you're, you're here to spell Lozzie. Lozzie's been through this. Um, you know, if, if you can accept that, 
he says, you know, it'll be uh, better for you next year, wherever you end up. So I, I decided to stick it out. And in that first year I played, I started only 12 hockey games out of 81 or 82. Uh, I came in as a, as a reliever, if you will, for uh, six games. So really I, I got in only 18 games that year. And, and that was a tough thing, sitting on the pine and uh, you know wanting to get out there and stop that puck. And then for you, obviously the playoffs come and things change a little bit. As, as a young guy who kind of sat on the bench all year, talk us through when you, you, know, you kind of realize that the reins are yours and it's, it's your show now in the playoffs. That was an amazing time. Uh, you know, Larry gets hurt in uh, the series against Port Huron, uh, right here in Kalamazoo. Um, you know, I, I'm thrust into action. Uh, that that game, we uh, we got beat here in Kalamazoo. Uh, we're going back into Port Huron. I can remember a comment that uh, my Windsor Spitfire coach made, uh, Wayne Maxner. Um, he had said, uh, he said George will be just fine. And, uh, and lo and behold, uh, we went into Port Huron, we beat them. Um, you know, now we're into the finals against Fort Wayne. Uh, the guys rallied around me. Um, I remember Mark Mullen, uh, Doug Dirksen, Larry Lazinski, after he got out of the hospital from his knee being uh, surgically repaired, um, sort of taking me under their wing, you know, uh, having bre- uh, uh, pregame dinners made where I was you know, in with those guys. Um, so, so they really lent the support knowing that no matter what happened, whether I was getting shelled or not in a game, I had to play. The only way the backup goalie could come into play was if I got hurt. So, you know, it was all or nothing. And lo and behold, uh, you know, my, my, my history of, of being able to win championships shone through. We won the game in uh, Fort Wayne in the sixth game. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, um, voted MVP of the playoffs. I've got, in my mind, the, the best picture ever, and that's drinking from the Turner Cup um, because the Turner Cup is uh, is most emblematic or, or looks almost the exact same as the, the Stanley Cup. And that's what you grow up as a kid doing, thinking, hey, I want to drink from the Stanley Cup. The Turner Cup's a pretty nice feeling. That game six, winning in Fort Wayne. I've heard a couple other guys kind of talk about coming back to Kalamazoo after winning it. What you know? What do you remember about coming back after winning the Turner Cup and what you were met with here in Kalamazoo? Well, you're asking a lot to to get me to remember. <laughs> I mean, my biggest line I use now in uh, in my my business life and my home life, Isaac, is I've been hitting ahead with too many hockey pucks <laughs> to remember stuff. Uh, it, it was it was a joyous ride home, I can tell you that. I know that uh, I had uh, a, a huge number of family members came and, and uh, stayed with me the night before. Um, they drove down to the game. My parents drove down. I had a buddy ride the bus with me. Um, so I didn't get a lot of sleep on the bus. You know, usually I like to lay down and stretch out. Um, but he rode the bus with me. Uh, just a, a, a great ride home. We come back. Wing Stadium is almost packed. You know, now we're looking at it's, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, a great celebration here of the fans that came out. After that, we went over to uh, Pizza King off of Portage Road. Uh, Howard and uh, Kathy Frank were the owners there. 
Uh, I had actually worked for Howard um, on Monday nights, delivering pizzas, making up pizza boxes, because it seemed to be a night where we had nothing to do. Um, just a great individual. So we ended up finishing the, the night in the morning there, uh, making pizzas, eating pizza, drinking beer, uh, just continuing the celebration with you know, d uh, 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 white flour basically all over us. Come, coming back into that, that following season after the championship, after winning the Turner Cup, what was what was the feeling amongst the guys? I mean, was it coming in like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we can win this one again, or was it we got to see how the season unfolds? No, we had a we had a good group of uh, guys back from that uh, winning year. Um, you know, that was the second year in a row that they'd won the Turner Cup, so there was a nice roll going. Uh, we had a great season. I, I think at that point we had uh, the, the best year ever, most wins, most points. Um, and, and really it was a, a year that we should have won that third Turner Cup in a row. Uh, the stumbling block we had was uh, uh, against the Saginaw Gears in the finals. They had picked up, uh, I still to this day think, you know, illegally and properly, however you want to put it. Uh, one of the, the teams had folded or the, the central from the Central Hockey League. Uh, so they picked up five or six guys after the uh, deadline for player acquisitions and things like that that, uh, if I rem remember correctly, the league didn't do anything about it. And, and really at that point, Isaac, we were outmanned and, and there really wasn't anything we could do to, to take them down. They were just too strong a team with the pickup of players that they had at that late uh, a juncture in the season. You mentioned Saginaw, Port Huron's come up, Fort Wayne's come up. Of those kind of rivalries with teams that were really, really close, what was your favorite to be a part of? Mine was actually uh, the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Uh, going in there, you know, one of the things that uh, the people here in Kalamazoo tended to do when I was playing was uh, chant my name. And they would put it up on the scoreboard, you know, Georgie, Georgie. Well, in Muskegon, the, uh, the organist, because they had a live organist there, he would sort of draw that out and, and sort of make a, a, a humorous uh, juncture on it. Um, so the fans would get into that too. So, you know, just another way to try and throw you off your game because you do hear that stuff. No matter what anybody says in any sports, uh, you know, you hear that stuff. You're playing to entertain the fans, and it, it just drove me to, you know, to try and entertain them a little bit more in Muskegon. So you, after after that first year, you mentioned 18 games, play 33 the next year. Then it just basically continues to go up. 59, you know, 56 games. But you see more and more games here in Kalamazoo. What kind of things did you start to do to help yourself make sure that you were able to stay at the top of your game and continue to produce wins? Well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, you know, with with hockey, you've got to practice almost every day for a couple hours. So that in itself helps to keep you in pretty good game shape. Um, aside from that, we used to go to uh, one of the, the health clubs on uh, West Main. Um, there was uh, two or three of us that would go there and, and you know, work out and uh, enjoy the, the, the sauna and the pool there. Um you know, it, it just uh, nothing special. I mean, I wasn't a, a real physical specimen like some guys that are rock solid. 
Claude Legree, the other goalie that was here in my second year, um, you know, the guy was rippled. You know, with me, I always felt if I carried a few extra pounds with me, uh, you know, that wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be as tight and taut as those other players. Uh, so that eliminated from me from getting hurt. Uh, it just seemed like those guys that were always working out, they were rock solid. They seemed to have a little bit more uh, injury uh, bug hit them. What was it about Kalamazoo that, you know, made you want to just keep coming back here year after year? Well, for starters, it was uh, Kalamazoo, Portage, it, 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 they're just great communities. You know, they, they're, they're, if you want the big-time activity, you know, you're two hours to Detroit, two hours to Chicago. Um, there's there's lots of things to go to, to, to see and do here. You know, they've got the Kalamazoo Museum. They've got uh, the Air Zoo. They had uh, uh, lots of theater. They've got, you know, uh, uh, Western Michigan University, Kalamazoo College, the Kel, uh, Kalamazoo Valley Community College. Uh, there's just so many things to do. And, and, and to top it off, Isaac, the fans here were fantastic. You know, they would invite you into their homes. They'd invite you in for dinners. Um, the community really embraced us, and and we like to think if you were to talk to myself and Neil and Shammy and and Brian McDavid and and Brent Jarrett and those guys that, you know, we we all gave back to the community and we we allowed ourselves to be put out there to uh, to to see the people, and to let them know that you know we want to be a part of this. So, uh, just the, the overall feeling here was uh, was just a real family time, family life type of uh, experience. How important was that for you personally to, you know, make sure that you kind of took an investment in this community, took put yourself into the community to make it more than just you know a place where you got up every day and played hockey. Well, for me, my uh, you know, a, a couple of years in, I met uh, uh, my wife to be at that point in time, uh, Pam Yoder. She is from Matawan. Um, she was the uh, uh, director of orthopedics at Borges Hospital and had been there uh, for quite some time already. So, you know, that lended myself to being out there into the public even more with the relationships that she, uh, you know, brought to our relationship. Um, so it was just a matter of, of really being respectful of, of, of what you're presenting for not only yourself, you know, for your, your future uh, a bride-to-be, but also the hockey team itself. You know, you're playing for Ted and Martha Parfett, who are probably a couple of the most respected individuals in Kalamazoo at the time and, and still are highly respected, you know, after they've passed. So... You, you really had to you know be mindful of of how you were presenting yourself and uh, and being respectful of the you know the environment and the people around you. Your career here ends. You're the winningest goaltender in K Wings franchise history. That record stands for a while until you see Joel Martin come in and surpass you. What was kind of what was your thoughts as you see kind of a record that you've held for so long get surpassed by Joel? You know, my first thought was, where was all this excitement when I was breaking somebody's record <laughs> previous to that? I, I couldn't tell you who had the the most wins before I broke that record at whatever point in time it was, um, and I still to this day couldn't tell you who that was. Um, but you know, holding that record for the longest time uh, was was a nice achievement for me in my career. 
as I told Joel when he when he broke it, I, I sent him a text and I said, hey, it takes longevity, it takes um, health, it takes you know great hockey ability to you know just to be able to to stick around and play that long and to win that many games. Um, it was disappointing, but you know, <laughs> records are made to be broken. That's a cliche line that you hear all the time. Um, my only thought in the in the whole end of things was I I, I wish I could have got to 200. 196 is beautiful. <laughs> 200 would have just been a little bit of a nice round magic number. As as you watch you know watch the game now, see how hockey has developed. What are your thoughts on the direction the game is going compared to kind of where it was when you were playing? We were talking about this uh, opening night here um, because uh, the game, I think, is a little bit faster. And I think it's faster because there there aren't the uh, goons, if you will, or the rough and tough players like maybe we had back in the, in the, in the 80s. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're getting a lot more uh, college players and, and even the junior players where they all have to wear full face protection of some type. So it, it takes away from the, the toughness of the game, I think, as the kids are growing up right now, that you don't see that carry forward into the, uh, you know, the American Hockey League, the National Hockey League, or even here in the uh, ECHL. So... Without having that rough and tough, uh, 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 you know, fighter or or a couple or three of them, the game's got to be a little bit faster. You got to have a little bit more finesse. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference between us then and and uh, you know the the speed of the game now. It seems like everybody I've talked to has had some kind of bench clearing brawl or brawl story. Do you you have one that you think back? You're, you're chuckling over here. So do you have have a good one that comes to mind when you think about it? I'm wondering where you're getting all these uh, little tidbits of information to bring up. You know, if somebody's feeding you stuff or what. <laughs> but uh, there was a game uh, here in Kalamazoo. I, I believe it was uh, the Milwaukee Admirals were in. Um, it wasn't one of my best nights. I think we got beat 7-6 uh, to six or something like that. Uh, the goalie for the Admirals was, uh, through the course of the game, was, was not uh, very... Uh, I, I can't come up with the right word. He wasn't very kind with his uh, gestures he was making to uh, to our fans with his goalie stick. Um, so I was sitting on the bench uh, with an extra attacker on the ice, and I was sitting next to Bruce Howes. And, uh, and I said to Bruce, I said, I'm going to get that guy when the game ends. And, and sure enough, we lost 7-6. And I timed it that when I came off the bench, I, I went straight across the blue line, and I, you know, threw a, a right hand hook at him, uh, their goalie, as he was uh, crossing the blue line, and started a, an end of the game brawl right there. And that's something you don't see in hockey anymore. Definitely not. Not too often. I mean, when people think of uh, the brawls in hockey, you know, they'll look back to um, uh, Patrick Waugh and uh, the Detroit goalie. I can't remember his name at the time. Uh, you know, fighting at center ice. Um, I've had a couple of those happen. Those were in my junior days where I'm, I'm fighting the other goalies. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's all part of the game. You know, we don't have, as a goalie, you don't have the ability to, to go and hammer somebody into the boards or to slash them or do things. You know, so you, if you're having a little bit of an off game, you got to take your frustration out somehow. 
So, you know, is it, you know, starting a fight? Is it, uh, you know, putting your goalie stick up between a guy's legs when he's standing in front of you trying to block your vision? You know, is it giving him a little love tap on the on the ankles, you know, to try and get him out of your way so you can see the puck? Little things that, you know, you're not they're not done to hurt anybody, but it's just to, to let them know that, hey, you're intruding on my, my space and my privacy here. Did you have a have kind of a go-to to try to clear a guy from out in front of you? Well, the best one, and I think for most goalies, it's, you know, you, you bring that stick up between their legs and you try and just get it up under their jock, you know, to, you know, there, there's a couple little things there that might uh, create a little <laughs> bit of discomfort for them if, uh, if they get their bells rung a little bit. For you, we'll uh, we'll go back into the more serious side, less uh, less talking about harassing guys in front of the net. When you got the call, uh, letting you know that your number was going to be retired, what what was the first thing that went through your head, and what does that mean to you? It was, uh, I mean, I was excited. I had goosebumps when uh, when I was talking to um, uh, uh, Joe Roberts. I think was his name. Um, I was actually taking my dog out uh, to the backyard to go potty. I had my cell phone with me. I answered the phone, which I'm not sure why I did. Uh, you know, usually I don't if I don't recognize the number. Um, but uh, he said, George, he says, uh, here's what we're thinking of doing. And he says, here's when we're going to do it. So he says, I'm telling you early enough because we want to make sure you're available, obviously, for that night. Um so I, I said, hey, Joe, I said, I'll make myself available no matter what's going on. Uh, so just it was, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I had thought about through, uh, through the time from when I retired in May of 87. Um, you know, thinking, you know, when we used to go to different uh, arenas, you'd see jerseys hanging in, uh, in retirement. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, it'd be neat to have that happen here. Uh, and so it was just, uh, it, it's been an honor. I, I'm humbled for uh, what you and the rest of the, the K-Wing organization is doing. Um, I've gotten some emails from some of the players. Uh, uh, Bernie Saunders emailed me yesterday, um, you know, congratulating me. So it's been uh, a pretty remarkable, uh, what's the word to use, uh, end of end of my story but yet beginning of uh my my jersey hanging there for eternity so to speak for you 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 got to kind of you get to experience this yourself and you also got to see kevin shamhorns go up was it what was it like watching shammy's number go to the rafters knowing that yours was following and what was it like being able to kind of share this experience with kevin this year it's been awesome. Kevin's a, a great individual. Um, you know, we've been friends, uh, you know, from our days playing hockey together for probably 35, 36 years now. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a hard worker. He's, he's a, a very kind individual. It was great to see uh, that done for him. Um, you guys put on a, a great night here for him. He, uh, uh, you know, people have asked me that they, they, they said, George, you know, did it bother you that they did Kevin's first and, and yours is being done now? And, and really it never even crossed my mind. I, uh, I said, Hey, I said, worst case scenario, they get all the bugs uh, fixed on uh, Kevin's <laughs> night that mine goes, uh, goes off perfectly. Um, 
And the fortunate thing for me is is that you guys are tying in this uh, alumni hockey game for the same night. So, you know, it's going to be a packed house. People need to get here early. They need to get here for the alumni game that's going to start at 5 o'clock. Don't come here just for the 7.30 ceremonies or the, you know, the 7.50 game time for the regular game. Um, get your butts out here. Get your butts in the seats. Uh, we're going to have uh, 20 guys, a red and a white team of alumni players, um, you know, playing uh, two 25-minute periods. And I think that's what's drawing in a lot of these people. They're they're excited to, to hear that hey, Mike Wanchuk's coming back into town, Greg Steele's coming into town, um, Grant Moore and Glenn Wiley. You know, these guys are coming in from you know New Brunswick or uh, uh, British Columbia and, and the far parts of Canada. John Barrett's coming in from Ottawa, who played here for a couple of years, played in the NHL for seven years. So there's a lot of, of lot of local guys here, but there's guys that are coming in because you know they want to help to uh, to celebrate this 45th year, but also you know they want to see the guys that uh, that they were you know uh, sharing the dressing room with and sharing the stories with and the bus rides with and and you know helping to protect each other's backs. What's that going to be like getting to see some of those guys that you haven't necessarily seen in a long time walking into the dressing room for the alumni game and just kind of sitting around and swapping old war stories? It it, it should be uh, real exciting. I mean, we've had uh, uh, I've been putting together, as you know, Isaac, uh, a spreadsheet that uh, now I'm up to I believe 72 uh, alumni players that that every day were you know I'm getting another one or two. And, and on that list, I've got uh, the guys' phone numbers, and, and guys have been calling each other. I've had guys calling me from, uh, you know, Glenn Wiley's called me, Grant Moran's called me, uh, you know, calling me from uh, from British Columbia just to, to say, hi, we appreciate what you're doing, that you're putting this together, and, and now we can reach out to, to players. They're emailing each other. They're, they're swapping stories. Um, you you would have seen just a few days ago, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg Steele and uh, Dwight Schofield. Um, we're, we're, you know, throwing some story about there about who scored the, the real first Kalamazoo Wings goal in history. <laughs> um, there was a story about, uh, Ned Dowd that I never even knew about and, uh, who, who played here just a few games, but ended up being a, a huge part of, uh, the, the movie, uh, Slapshot, at, which I never even knew. Um, you know, so just, uh, the stories are flying already. The guys are already, you know, calling, emailing, and, and that's what keeps us all going. It's, it's a, it's a, a tight knit community of hockey players and we want to get as many more involved as we can to, to, to make this thing grow even bigger and better. Last question here. When you think about the culture that has been developed around the Kalamazoo wings over the last 45 years, What's what's one word or phrase that comes to mind to kind of summarize that? Wow, that's a great question. Long-standing. I mean, here you've got a community that isn't huge, uh, that has embraced the ability to maintain a hockey team in in you know, uh, a, a community really of Kalamazoo Portage, maybe a hundred thousand people, uh, to keep a hockey team going for 45 years, 
um, and still have the uh, the excitement. Um, you know, the commercials you guys do, the jingles you do, we didn't have that in our day. It's it's great to see. Um, so really, it's it's long standing that this is going on, and and I can hardly wait to see what happens in the fiftieth year, five years from now. Georgie, thanks so much. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Isaac. I uh, I can't thank you enough for again for what you and Tony and uh, and Brandon, who was here before, um, and the ownership are doing for not only myself but the guys that are coming in and uh, the event that you're putting on for us uh, next Saturday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wings Way, and make sure to check back each week for new episodes. Is there a former K-Wing you want to hear from? Head on over to any of our social media accounts and let us know. While you're there, make sure to follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you can stay up to date with all your K-Wings news.